Thank you, Roll. Oh, hello. And yet, ooh, he knows my name. And uh, Andy spoke uh, a couple of weeks ago and he shared a story about Richard Wormbrand, a uh, pastor who was in prison 14 years in Romania um, under the communist regime there. And uh, I was inspired by what Andy said, so I bought the book. And uh, uh, it's a very good book, Tortured, Tortured for Christ, I can recommend it. But... Um, he was saying how he had been meditating uh, before he knew anything was going to happen to him about uh, the, the instruction in the Bible, do not fear. And he realized that there were 366 times that God said, do not fear. And he reflected that was one for every day and one for leap year. He was just thinking about that. And then when he was uh, walking in the street and a, a van pulled up and uh, he was bundled into the back of a van and, and arrested... Uh, for his faith, the first thing that came to his mind was the date. It was February 29th, and uh, realized that you know that God has spoken that into his heart. You know, the God, do not fear. Those 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 commands have been there throughout all the ages, and yet God was able to focus it into his circumstance and to encourage him that even on leap year, you don't have to be afraid. So anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. I mean, we'll touch on some of that uh, as we go, but. Uh, uh, we are in the final throes of the Kingdom of God series, and uh, this is the last one, um, the, the grand finale. The Kingdom of God is a matter of life and death, and in capital letters, life and death. There's a few passages uh, that have been advertised, but the one I'm going to focus on is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 to 58, and Heather's going to read it for us, I think, is she? Thank you, Heather. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Yeah. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Amen. Thank you, Heather. The kingdom of God is a matter of life and death. One of the great aspects of the evolving vision and thinking of the church over a number of years, not just this church, the church in general, has been not just to focus on what we might see as spiritual matters, but to take account of the physical aspect of our existence as well. There was a famous quote where somebody said that some believers are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. You know, that we were thinking it was all about uh, the future. I remember when my first church where I was pastoring and uh, they asked me to, you know, took me through some of the history of the church and the church building that was built in 1966. And they had a very, very good administrator, as we do here as well, but had a very, very good administrator there who had kept minutes for all the meetings going back years and years and years to 1918. And... uh, In 1966, there were discussions about should we build a building? It used to meet in an old army hut. Um, So should we build our own building? And there were minuted discussions and disagreements. No, we shouldn't waste our time because Jesus is coming back. Um, So uh, by the time we've built it in 1966, it will all be over. Um, Because they were thinking... Rightly so, you know, thinking about the the heavenly vision, thinking about the future, thinking that that is what our faith, in a sense, is a ticket to eternity. And yet we've brought it back in a way to, to understand that there is so much that God wants to do in the here and now. There is so much that is relevant, that is live, that is, that is connected to the life of the Spirit of God in us now. And in terms of the ministry of the church, the way that we reach out, it's not just about caring for people's eternity, but it's also caring about the situations that people face now, the, 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 the justice for the poor and the oppressed, uh, as we heard from Psalm 146. And so we understand that the gospel is not just about spiritual promises in the far future that have you know, that may, somebody might say, well, what's that got to do with me now? Because I've got problems and challenges here. There's a often quoted song, the full quote, apparently, there's this, I looked this up. Work and pray, live on hay, you'll get pie in the sky when you die. And it's absolutely crucial to our message that we know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't just give us a message. He didn't just give us a ticket to heaven, but he gave us his son to come and to, to live amongst us, to get dirty, that, you know, to, to get messed up in a sense with, you know, the, where people needed their feet washed, where there was sickness, where there was disease, where there was challenge, where there was injustice, where there was pain. Jesus lived amongst us. Jesus walked amongst us. The, the, the ministry of the gospel is about God with us, Emmanuel, in the midst of all of this, not only touching our lives in the, in the, in the confusion and the complexity of the lives that we live, but also lifting our heads to look to the future, to see that there is a kingdom. There is a kingdom now and there is a kingdom not yet. There's a kingdom present and a kingdom future. That's the whole span of the message that God has for us. That Jesus did 
not just announce with a megaphone, good news, heaven is coming. But He actually reached out and touched the untouchable. He healed the afflicted. He raised the dead. Jesus' presence made the difference in the moment where He was. He didn't just sit down and give them seminars about this is what you can expect when we finally get to eternity. But He actually made a difference. He made an impact amongst the people that He was with. There in that moment, whether He was sitting with a woman at the well asking for a drink, transforming her life. She, she ran back to her and said, come and see a man who told me everything that I ever did. He didn't actually, but that's what she felt like. She felt felt there was that there was that thing that moment of, of encounter and transformation and Jesus has that effect on people when he arrived at the home of Lazarus after Lazarus had died I love this story because it is for every pastor that's ever felt the pressure of people saying you should have done this you should have visited you know maybe maybe if you'd have prayed harder or whatever all of those things and Jesus was actually quite content to arrive at Lazarus's home four days after he died he was delayed somewhat and there was chuntering because he had delayed and somehow he was being blamed for the disaster that had come to the family. Lord, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. But now we've got a funeral because you didn't come. And he walked into that situation deliberately, perfectly on time. But as he came, he brought an impact. He brought a change. He brought a transformation to their situation that they couldn't see coming. Martha was the one who was saying, Lord, it's my brother. He's died. What, what is going on? Why couldn't you have come? Why couldn't you have prayed? But now it's too late. And Jesus said to her, Martha, do you believe that your brother will rise again. And she said, yes, I know, in the last day. And she was doing what we do. We know, we know that we, we can believe for God to do something, but maybe in the future, maybe at another time. Not today. At the last day. I know that, I know that there's eternity coming. I know that there's a kingdom coming. Push it away into the long grass, and then, then it makes sense to us. But if you're asking me what you can do today, I'm not sure, because I've got a funeral to deal with. And Jesus is saying, do you believe that he will rise again. I know that on the last day he will rise, she said. And Jesus looked at her and said, Oh, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. I am here. I, right now, today, I can make a difference. Right here, right now, I'm going to blow your mind. Because you don't know that who I am. I am the resurrection of the life. I'm not pointing you to the future alone. I'm not thinking about, you know, just put up with the situation now. I'm bringing a transformation right here in the here and now. And we shouldn't ever lose sight of the power or the willingness of God. Oh, thank you. To move in our lives in real time. So many times people have encountered Jesus, heard him say today. Today salvation will come. Today I will eat in your house. Today your faith has healed you. Today you will be with me in paradise. All of those todays, todays, todays. It's the nature of God and we mustn't, even though we are in the whole purpose of this message, I believe, is to, is to point us to eternity, to point us to the, to the hope that we have for the future, to point us to the eternal kingdom, to point us to the fact that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God, and yet these physical bodies can encounter the kingdom of God, can encounter His presence, can encounter His touch. And so the gospel we hold out is a gospel for today, 5th of March, 
2023. Not just for that long future. Those people that were longing for Jesus to come so they didn't have to build a church building are all dead now. You know, they, they, were, they, were, they, were looking, they were looking beyond, but in actual fact, God did something in their time as well. I read this week from Terry Virgo. He said, instead of questioning, try trusting. Rather than complaining, express your confidence in God. God wants you to walk in peace and contentment, but it's life you have to cultivate. Learn to make good choices on a daily basis. Let's learn to express our confidence in God today. I'd be so challenged in terms of prayer because we've prayed and we've seen more and more God moving in time, in real time, in our moments. We have to have that, that faith and that expectation, that expressed confidence in God, that He is with us, that He's moving with us, and He is, he is transforming our lives today. Maybe that's a word you need to hear today, that today Jesus will touch your life. Today you can receive that which you've been praying for. Today that confusion that you've been walking through can lift today because Jesus is moving amongst us today. That's the vision we have to hold on. But, big but, it's not the end of the story. In cultivating faith for meeting God in the everyday, we never jettison our understanding that the future is coming. That there is a kingdom. That there is more to this than meets the eye. There is more to this than my answered prayer. There's more to this than my solved problem. There is more to this because our eyes are fixed on an eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken. It is both and, not either or. The kingdom of God is a matter of life and death. Two together, two sides of the same coin. Began this series with a look at how the kingdom is now, but also not yet. There's tension between what we experience now and what we hope for in the future. Now our healthy faith, our healthy perspective is to hold the two in tension together. So one is not jettisoned for the other. So we don't say, oh, we're so heavenly minded, we're no earthly good. Because we can become too earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. And so we have to keep the tension between the two. And in order for us to have a message that means something, we have to have that, in, that ability to hold out the possibility of an encounter with God today, but also faith in God for the future and all that he holds out for us there. Some of the leaders travelled to Manchester last Monday. We visited a place called the Oasis Centre in Gorton uh, just to get an idea of what they're doing because they've got a similar sort of vision to what we are wanting to establish in 146. And uh, they've been at it for 22 years. They've got a relatively new building and it's a fascinating place to visit. And there's a lot to say about that at other times. But we met the founder of the centre, who's a lady called Victoria Armstrong. She has undoubted passion and energy for the work God uh, has given her and the people and the communities they serve. But what she told us, she was very honest with us, she said that she had just come off the back of four years of a battle with cancer. And she had just coming out of all the treatment and all the things that she'd had to go through and uh, all the things she had to endure. But she was like, there's always a constant smile on her face as she's talking. And she said, I wouldn't want to go through those four years again, but I'm grateful for them. Because I'm more in love with Jesus now than I ever was. And more passionate for the work than ever. Because life is a vapor and eternity is eternity. 
And we want to find God in our vapour, but never forget that eternity is eternity. And maybe again, you need to hear that word this morning, that life is a vapour. This thing that you are facing, it's a vapour. It is a passing thing. That God will meet you in the midst of all of that, but yet eternity is eternity. We need to number our days. We need to, to, to keep our lives in perspective because this life takes up all of our time, all of our energy, all of our focus, all of our prayers sometimes, and we forget that actually life is a vapor and eternity is eternity. And, uh, and for a as we move forward and as we hold out the gospel. And, you know, there's always the question with churches like ours, as we get involved in, in community outreach and community projects, there's always that little bit of a debate. You know, how much of a, are we of a social service and how much are we of a, a, a gospel outreach? And the two actually go together. But the one thing that we do is we hold out, as we hold out the possibility that Jesus can meet you in the here and now. He can meet you in the pain. He can meet you in the confusion. He can meet you in the sickness. He can meet you in all those things. But yet we hold out the fact that there is an eternity ahead of us as well. And the message that we have is so relevant to the eternity for all of us. And so our vision of eternity must be as real and as crystal clear as what is happening in front of us. There is so much that happens in front of us, but yet so easy to get clouded with our understanding of what the future holds. And in a passage, Paul says categorically, our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. And so that encounter that we are looking for with Jesus is that, like I've said earlier, is actually in our dying body. But we might meet him, we might encounter him, we might experience his power, but yet ultimately these dying bodies will never inherit the kingdom of God. There has to be a transformation, there has to be a progress, there has to be a journey that we go through. And so as people of the kingdom who live for the kingdom, whose hearts are set on the kingdom, there is a transformation that must take place in order for us to fully, fully inherit the kingdom of God that is coming. And we, I just can't encourage you enough to, as well, you know, like I've said, I want us to start this. Let's seek God every day for His intervention in our lives and, and an experience of Him. We've experienced Him this morning as we've lifted our hearts in worship to God. That is wonderful, but it's not the whole story. It's not all that God has called us to. We must fix our eyes on eternity. One of the downsides of a healthy appreciation, and I'm certainly all for uh, prayer for healing is that we can easily flip into it becoming the end goal of our lives that if there's sickness it must be healed if there's a if there's a challenge it must be overcome and anything other than that is a disappointment or something that has to be explained away or we have to you know we have to have, have counseling and ministry as to why God has let us down because things haven't worked out the way we wanted them to work out but yet with a vision of eternity, things look completely different. For the believer, the dying of our bodies is absolutely central to our vision and our expectation. Because we cannot inherit the kingdom of God that we long for through these physical bodies. Wonderful old couple that used to be in the same church, 
he was the, he was the uh, guy who kept all the files of the minutes and things like that. But uh, they used to say, they used to struggle with their uh, older age and uh, used to ask them, they were called David and Jesse, they're now both in heaven, and uh, used to ask them, how are you doing? How are you today? We said, well, we're okay. We're pitching our tents one, one day closer to the kingdom of God. So, well, that's a good, that's a good vision. They were struggling with, uh, with all sorts of things, but they said, at least we are, we are one day closer to receiving our new bodies. It's not a death wish. It's not focusing on death. It's not wishing for death. But it's knowing that death is the door. Jeff preached, uh, prayed it, preached it, preached and prayed last week. It's the doorway. It's the doorway into all that God has promised. Remember, again, I, I, again, I just have to emphasize, it's not negative, it's not morbid to think like this. When we sat with Erica's dad, well, when he was uh, in his last moments of life and, and her mum was sat holding his hand and she prayed and she, she spoke to him and said, you know, just, just feel free, just go, you know, whatever. And then as, as he was clearly approaching death, she just turned to all of us and said, do you know what, I'm actually a little bit jealous. She said, because he is going to see everything I've ever longed to see. In just a moment, he's going to see everything that I long to see. And he was a man who was a, a good, you know, a, a theologian, a very sort of serious-minded man. He, would, he was the one who used to make me write essays and read books and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he would... Uh, but he just became so simple in his, in his faith in those last moments. And, and he was just saying, do you think that Jesus will, will come to, you know, receive me personally? And we said, well, pray about that. And, he said, and, uh, and at the moment that he died, there was a, a song that was started in in Chi, the Ghanaian language, and it was, the king is coming, the king is here. And it was just a, you know, just a beautiful, uh, powerful moment, and, and bringing together all of the, all, I just thought maybe something was happening there when I'm talking about, <laughs> talking, of, talking about the eternal kingdom, and then the thunder starts. Are we even ready? <laughs> mm, yeah. Preacher gets excited about stuff and then it really happens. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Amazing. The simplicity and the power of it. And I just saw a man there overtaken by, he's just so anxious for us to know, you know, it's all about Jesus. Will you serve Jesus all your life? He said. Because that's what you have to do in order. Uh, and he, said, he was saying, you know, I'm going to the kingdom. And I want, I want to know that I'm going to be there with you. So make sure. <laughs> I'm working for CLC International with Neil. We work hard, don't we, Neil? Yeah. And over lunch, long lunches, we discuss... Don't say that, no, it's, it's important. We discuss the, the, the history and the, and the tradition of CLC. And, and, and there's, you know, one of the realities, sadly, is the rapid uh, aging of people that have served for many years. And Neil recently has been uh, traveling a lot, it seems, to different funerals and things because people have, you know, some people, CLC people seem to live a long time. It was like somebody was 101, wasn't it? And yeah. Amen, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> But, it, but, you know, time comes. But, they, you know, there was that, um, 
uh, yeah, it just seems to be uh, you know, a reality of life in an organization like that. But one of the people in the organizations that have been very faithfully committed to support the work of CLC over many years has been George Verwa and Operation Mobilization. And George, who's 85 now, uh, has recently let people know that he's become very seriously ill. And this is what was written about him uh, or by him in Premier News. He said, Evangelist George Verwa has revealed that he is suffering from sarcoma cancer. The founder of Operation Mobilization says it could be a long-term illness, but that God may take him at any time. In an update to supporters, he asked that people don't pray for his healing. <laughs> Please ask people not to pray for total healing, as I really am looking forward to heaven, he said. Ask for prayer, for grace, for the rough journey that daily will be ahead. Speaking about his illness, Verwa said, While in hospital, I had a powerful experience with God in which all burdens for ministry and wrestling with global suffering have been lifted. God assured me that I've done my part and I need to leave the rest with others and Jesus. In many ways, I feel 85 is too long to live when so many of my friends have died, but the Lord has that in his hands. It looks like I will be around a while, but the road to the door looks rough. That's where I would appreciate prayer. Powerful, isn't it? It is not seeking death. This is not saying, this is, he's saying, well, but it's just acknowledging the reality because our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And if we are going to inherit that which we long for, that which God has placed in our hearts, that vision that we carry, if we're going to inherit that, this is the journey we have to take. And he knows that. It's not about defeating it. It's not about overcoming it. It's not about finding enough faith that we can be healed of everything and live forever. Even Lazarus died again. This is the means by which we receive the goal of our salvation. So the passage goes on to describe that Heather, Heather read the passage for us. It says that whether we are alive at the end of all things or whether we are already dead, we will all be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. Is that the one that says that? That's another one. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. See, even Paul expected to be living. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? I've lost count of the number of times I've said those words at somebody's graveside, but it's powerful to say it. Death, where is your victory? Is that, you know, the, the greatest threat the world has is death. The highest sanction, the death penalty, the greatest fear that paralyzes our hearts. Vladimir Putin moving around the world with tanks and missiles, threatening people with death. And yet in Christ we have the victory even over death. When death comes, you say, is that it? Is that all you've got? Death doesn't touch us. Death, where is your victory? Death, the final enemy. You know, anybody that's been at a, at a deathbed or through a funeral process, you know it's, it's, it's bleak, it's difficult, it's painful because there is no going back, there is no coming back from it. 
But yet here we have the word of God that stands out before us. It says, where, O death, is your victory? Because those of us who are alive when he comes will be transformed. Those who are already dead will be raised again and given their immortal bodies. And we will live in the eternal kingdom of our God and Savior. In verse 58, he brings the whole thing back full circle. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Our confidence, our strength comes from the knowledge that nothing can defeat us. This is why I've said it over and over again. It's not a death wish. It's not sitting waiting for death thinking, oh, that's when we're going to go to heaven. That's not the point. It's having that vision and that knowledge that these bodies that will fail us will be transformed and will inherit the kingdom. And so therefore, because we have that confidence, we have that certainty, therefore we redouble our efforts to do everything that we can do in the here and now with all our strength and all our effort and all our enthusiasm and all our faith, whether it's transforming that building so that we can reach more and more people and demonstrate to more and more people that there is a God in heaven. Like Phil said, people say God doesn't exist. Well, maybe in your head, but he exists here because he can be seen. He exists on this precinct. He exists in this building. He exists in your heart. He exists where, where, where he is expressed. And, and, and we, we, we redouble our efforts and work enthusiastically for him, knowing that, our comfort, that there is nothing that can defeat us. Somebody once said uh, to some people uh, in, the, in the Second World War in the trenches, you know, how do you cope with the fact that today any moment might be your last? Any day a bullet might come with your name on it and that will be it. How do you cope with the idea that this is your life now? And they said, well, I've, I've just had to come to terms with the fact that I'm already dead. That there is nothing else for me. If I start thinking about what I've left behind, if I start thinking about what I've missed out on, if I start thinking about what my future might hold, then I've lost the battle. I have to be in this moment and consider that this is it for me. Uh, This is all I have. And there's a key to serving God that we, rather than thinking about what we, what we might want to get in this life or what we might want to achieve or what we might want to happen, let's consider ourselves dead already in order that we might serve Christ, knowing that in this vapor that is our life, we, we will pass through it and then we will enter into eternity. And that's where things make sense. That's where it all happens. Jim Elliot, missionary who died at the hands of people he was preaching to, said he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to take hold of what he cannot lose. Our future is sure. Our kingdom is certain. So we can fix our eyes on it. Whatever you're going through today, whatever you're going through month by month, week by week, year by year, whatever seems unchangeable and immovable, it is just a vapor. And as we double our efforts and we, we invest our faith and we invest our hearts in the service of our God and King, then we prepare ourselves for eternity. And we do so wholeheartedly because we lose nothing through our dedication to Christ. And we do it without fear. Because the greatest enemy, the greatest thing that anybody fears in life is already defeated. Then will come true the saying, Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? This is utterly relevant to us today. In the here and now. 
as we plan our ministry, as we look for the church to grow, as we look for all the, you know, as we invest ourselves in the work of the church and all that we're doing, we have to keep our eyes fixed on that eternity because that's why we do it. That's why we invest our effort. That's why we invest our life. That's why we invest our, our, ourselves and our hearts into all of this. And we can say, thanks be to God because everything is already settled as we put our faith and our trust in Him. Amen. Amen. We're going to take communion this morning um, and, and part of a response to this word because, you know, communion, and it sounds gruesome to say it, and sometimes we just have to... Oh, hello, Jean. Of course you can. All the things that Nick has been saying to me this this morning, I just want to emphasise because... Two years ago, I lost a husband of 59 years. And it was, in one way, very, very sad, but he was very ill. And we talked about death, him and I, before he died. We were not afraid to talk about death. Death is not morbid. As believers, we know where we're going, so we can talk about it. And we talked about what needed to happen. Um, And he came home to die. His family were all around him when he died, and the song that was playing on the video was, It Is Well With My Soul. And it was wonderful. And people have said to me afterwards, how are you coping, Jean? As though they said, are you really? And I said, I'm doing fine. And I'm doing fine because I know that in here, God, Ray is in heaven. And there's no better place than heaven. No better place. And I couldn't want to wish him back to this earth. (laughs) So I say, you know, I I know that's where he is. And I also know that he would say to me, get on with your life. Get on with your life. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing. And I'm at peace and content with that. Amen. Thank you very much.